Okay. This is pretty amazing to me that we're in the last the last session of this semester. I mean, did you think that did you think that this that that it would go by so quickly or that we would be <laughs> that we would be uh having all not all of our meetings, but so much of our fellowship would be in this form. I, I have to say I, I I miss you. I miss you. I miss seeing you all in person. And I really look forward to when we can have all of us together in person again. As far as I know, next semester, A&M still plans on having things pretty much the same way. So let's use the time to pray. Let's really open to the Lord and pray in these days that what, whatever the Lord wants to gain from us in this current situation, he would get it. He would get what he's after for his own purpose. And, and even what does he want from us personally? Because um, we don't have the exact same kind of situation where we're, we're, uh, where we just have the liberty to be with one another as before in, in the same way. And there, there still are some ways, but, oh, Lord, we do pray that you would gain whatever it is you want from us in these days. Thank you that we've been able to see so much of you in Genesis. We do thank you, Lord. Thank you. You're so much. Even tonight for this last session, we open to you again. To, to have you appear to us again in a wonderful way, in a practical way, in a, in a touchable and accessible way. Thank you, Lord, for being so real to us. Thank you. you. You are not just from stories from thousands of years ago. Praise you, Lord. Well, tonight, you know, this whole semester, we've been wanting to see Christ in Genesis, and I think we have done. But tonight, we're only on chapter 14, and there's 50 chapters in Genesis. But anyhow, it's been a challenge. We haven't been able to cover everything, but praise the Lord, we're in chapter 14. And in Genesis chapter 14, there's a particular aspect of Christ that we have to see. And you can tell from your outline, I think all of you, I hope everyone was able to download it. But you can see that the Christ, the particular aspect of Christ that we want to see in Genesis 14 is what? I bet nobody knows how to spell this. Actually, it differs from translation to translation, but basically it's pronounced Melchizedek. And Melchizedek is a very, very, very extraordinary special figure in the Bible. Very special. He only appears in the Old Testament twice. Melchizedek shows up here in Genesis 14 and in Psalm 110. But Psalm 110 is quoted eight times in Hebrews. So the writer of Hebrews, we believe it was the Apostle Paul, he really had a, a strong appreciation for who is Melchizedek. So maybe it will help us. I'm, I'm just going to set up some background for y'all. I'm going to lob a real slow pitch to Brooke. And then Brooke will put some wood on leather. But as far as background goes, who is Melchizedek? He shows up and meets Abraham after Abraham. Abraham, we all have family. We all have family that uh, sometimes fall away and sometimes get in trouble. Abraham had a nephew that ended up living in Sodom. Abraham's nephew, Lot, left Abraham and moved to Sodom, which was the most evil, wicked city 
in the Old Testament. He ended up there. And I'm sure Abraham was praying for his nephew. While he was there, when you end up in bad places and in bad situations, bad things just happen to you. Maybe you didn't start it. Maybe you, it wasn't your intention to go somewhere and get completely captured by the devil. But because there's judgment on that place, because we're there, we get it. And this happened to Abraham's nephew, Lot. So what happened was there were four kings and five kings. And Lot lived in the city associated with one of the kings, the king of Sodom. And there were four others. So a total of five kings, including Sodom, where Lot was living. These five kings, stay out of politics, young people. Don't get involved in politics. These five kings rebelled against these four. These four kings were ruling over these five kings. And these five kings, including, including Lot, I don't think Lot, he didn't take up arms. There's no in indication that Lot was involved in this. But the armies of these cities fought against these four. And these four defeated these five, including the city that Lot was in. And so Lot was taken captive. All the, the property, and I don't know why Lot wasn't just killed, but at least he was captured. And all the property taken by these four kings against these. And somebody escaped from this battle. Somebody escaped from this battle and went and told Abraham about it. So look, you're, you're a nephew. Your kinsman, this guy that you care about, has been captured in this war. What do you think Abraham did? You can write it down in the chat if you, if you uh, have some thought about what Abraham did. Genesis 14, 14 says he let out his trained men. <laughs> he went and fought to go get his nephew. He fought for his brother. I hope we do this for one another. If, if you hear about me, that I'm having a hard time, or any one of us having a hard time, you should fight for your brother. Don't, don't let, yeah, he got some allies. And they went and they got Lot back. So anyway, after this big battle with these trained men and some allies, and they rescued Lot, Melchizedek showed up. Seemingly out of nowhere, this, this, this crazy figure, Melchizedek, shows up nowhere. Now let's see who he was. Point one, Melchizedek ministering to Abraham. Genesis 14, 18 through 20. And Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. Now he was the priest. He was priest of God the Most High. And he blessed him. Melchizedek blessed Abraham and said, Blessed be Abram of God the Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God the Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of all. So at the end of this battle, Melchizedek shows up. Presumably, Abraham was probably tired, exhausted, had fought a huge, a huge battle, a huge war. And Christ came to him. Melchizedek is Christ. Melchizedek is Christ. This is Christ. How do we have the boldness to say this? Okay, Hebrews 7, 1 through 3. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem. King of Salem. Melchizedek was a priest, I thought. But he's also called king. Also in the previous passage, king of Salem. Salem means peace. If you go to um, Israel or any Arabic-speaking place, you'll say shalom or salem. It means peace. It's a greeting. Peace. Greet one another with peace. 
Christ is the king of peace. There is no peace without Christ. You know this is your experience. Okay? So Paul is referencing back to Genesis 14 and Psalm 110. I kind of jumped in the gun. Where he says, This Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham apportioned a tenth part of all, first being interpreted king of righteousness and then also king of Salem. Melchizedek is king of righteousness and king of peace. These two attributes only belong to Christ. And then king of Salem, which is king of peace. Verse 3, being, listen to this, this is how we know it's Jesus, being without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but like unto the Son of God, abides a priest perpetually. Jesus is eternal. Jesus is eternal. Right? God the Son is eternal, God the Father is eternal, and God the Spirit is eternal. The, the one God who exists in three is eternal. But anyhow, this is some background on, on Melchizedek. And point two, very quickly, is Christ coming to us as Melchizedek. First, in the Old Testament, Abraham was about, mm, I think he was 2000 B.C., so more than 3,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came to Abraham after a big battle to minister bread and wine to him. But you know what, brothers and sisters? Christ also came to us, not just Abraham, to us as our Melchizedek. Abraham represents the called race, and we're called. Adam was the head of the created race. Abraham is the first of the called race. And you, Sarah, Sophia, all of you, Emily, Axel, you guys are called. I hope you understand how special it is to be called by God. If you believe in the Lord Jesus, you've been called by God. But, but there's conflict. There's battles. And sometimes you just need Christ to be peace to you, to be righteousness to you, to minister himself as bread and wine to you. And he did this in his incarnation, his human living, his crucifixion, resurrection, and coming to us as the Spirit. So let me just finish by reading these verses. Okay, let me tell you another thing. Very quickly, I hope, Brooke, since he's batting cleanup, I, I need to give you just a little bit of background about this priesthood. What do you think of? This is the question for you. You know, we like to ask you questions. What is your idea of a priest? What is a priest? And what does a priest do? Yeah? Priest ministers to God. Priest ministers to God. Or you could say, priest brings man to God. This was the role of the Aaronic priesthood. Aaron, Aaron. But priest also brings God to man. That's what Melchizedek did. And the, the priesthood that we might think of associated with Aaron, which is slaughtering animals, killing animals, blood everywhere because we're sinners, even if man hadn't fallen, we'd still need the Melchizedek priesthood because God's original intention is to bring himself to us, to supply us with himself. The original intention was not to have a mediatorial class to deal with sin. Sin was not part of the picture originally. But God ministering himself to us, that was always present. This is a higher aspect, this Melchizedekian priesthood, 
this is the original higher aspect of what a priest is. Okay, I just wanted to give you a little bit of background, though. Please don't think this, this Christ, he is the real Aaron priesthood, too. He did die for us. But this is something higher. This is God bringing himself to us as nourishing, satisfying bread and wine. This is what we need. Okay, Hebrews 7, 17. It is testified, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Look at the context. It's talking about Jesus. This is Christ coming to us as Melchizedek. And this Psalm 110.4, Jehovah has sworn, and he will not change. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. This is David speaking, 1500 B.C. No, no, sorry. 1000 B.C. This is David speaking, talking about Jesus Christ as the real Melchizedek. And then finally, I just end with this, John 6.51, and there are many, 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 many other verses. Christ says, I am the living bread which came down out of heaven. What? Only Jesus could say that. Nobody else could say this. I am the living bread which came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he shall live forever. And this is not a one-time thing, brothers and sisters. We need to eat the Lord, eat the bread, drink the wine every day. Enjoy the Lord. We need him as our Melchizedek. Okay? Christ in Genesis 14. I went over. Sorry. Brooke, your turn. Thanks, Matt. Amen. Okay, we'll, we're coming. Move right along into point three. Oh, excuse me. I need to configure my, my screen here. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. This is what I do. There we go. Now I can't see myself. All right. Uh, point three, coming to Christ as our high priest. So Matt just really helped us to see that Christ came to us first as living bread. He came came to us as the as the very God who was incarnated in the man, uh, Jesus Christ. And he came to us this way, from heaven to earth, to reach us. We had no way of reaching him. He bridged that gap. He came to us. He also took care of our sins. He died on the cross for our sins, removed our sins, so now we can be with him. So he took care of everything. Now, on our side, there's still something. This Everything Matt said is a fact. He has accomplished it. And it is done. Uh, so there's still something that remains, though, for us. For us, how do we experience Him in all that He's done for us and all that He wants to give to us? So coming to Christ as our High Priest. Uh, there's another verse here uh, in John chapter six, um, in 51, which Matt read. He came down out of heaven, but in 35, he says, "I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall by no means hunger." And he who believes into me shall by no means ever thirst. There's the other side. So we come to Christ. Actually, the Lord puts these two things together, coming to him and believing into him. He puts them together because we are not able to come to him without believing into him. These are inseparable. There's another verse that puts these things, these two points together. Also, that's Hebrews 11:6, And I'll just read the phrase that pertains. It says, he who comes forward to God must believe that he is. So in order to come forward, we need faith. Faith allows us to come forward. Uh, we must come to him through faith. Okay, so, so I've been praying, Matt's been praying, we are very burdened for you all, that you would have faith. You would have the faith to see who Christ is today, so that you can come to him. Without faith, it's impossible. 
and faith comes by hearing. So we have been praying that not just our words would be reaching your ears, but that the Lord would be speaking to you as well, that his spirit would be reaching you to infuse faith into you that you have the ability to believe. Without faith, we cannot believe. Faith makes us able to believe. Okay, so Hebrews 4, 14. They're having, therefore, a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast the confession. Do you believe that Jesus, the Son of God, passed through the heavens? He has. He's a great high priest, and we have him. He's ours. 15, for we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all respects like us, yet without sin. So yes, he's a great high priest, but he's like this though. He's, he has been tempted in all respects like us. Uh, he knows the feeling of our weaknesses. He can sympathize. He can empathize. He is great. He's higher than the heavens, but yet he's still able to empathize with us in our small situations, with our weaknesses and our temptations. My goodness, what a high priest we have. 16. Let us, therefore, come forward with boldness to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace for timely help. This phrase here, let us, therefore, come forward with boldness, again, matches these two things, to come to him. With boldness means with faith. Without faith, we will not be bold. We won't have the boldness. But let us come forward with boldness. With boldness. Okay. Um, I have a question to, for us to consider before I hit the last verses here. When you think of Jesus Christ, what do you picture him doing? Uh, what comes to mind? Uh, I, when I, when I asked myself this question earlier today, as I was preparing, I thought, well, I, a lot of what comes to mind is, is all that he did. And he was on the earth, all of his activities in the gospels. Um, you know how he was born in a manger and how he grew up as a boy and then as a man, and then entered into his ministry and had his disciples and went to the cross and died for us. And before that healed so many people cast out demons baffled people and all of his speaking uh salvation someone wrote in the chat yeah throw it in the chat if you think of if you want to share what you think of when you hear think of jesus christ i imagine him ministering awesome that's good sitting in glory because and the reason i'm asking this question is because i've realized that most of the time or much of the time when i think of him i think backwards i think to two thousand years ago and we need to know what he did for sure. We have to have a strong foundation in his accomplish, his accomplished ministry of on the earth for dying for our sins, resurrecting, defeating death, providing that strong foundation of our salvation, which is his perfect redemption. He bought us. He washed us. He accomplished it all. But he didn't just uh, resurrect and now he's gone. Right. He is still here today. He is in the heavens. He is active. He is ministering himself to us right now. Okay. So anyway, when I think of Jesus Christ, I'm going to remember this time tonight. And, and I'm going to think he is alive now. He is here now. And I'm thankful for what he did. But he's not going back to think about all those things all the time. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. 
now here we are together right now. Let's have fellowship. Wonderful. Um, okay. Hebrews 7.24, coming back to the outline. But he, because he abides forever, has his priesthood unalterable. So when he ascended and was made our high priest back in the, uh, you know, and this was written Hebrews, uh, what, in second half of the first century, maybe the 60s AD. Uh, that has not, he has not changed. <laughs> this revelation of him has not changed. His priesthood is unalterable. That means for 2000 years, he's the same. He's still doing the same thing. Hence also, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come forward to God through him since he lives always to intercede for them. I'm going to read to you the next two verses, which I wish we had room on this outline, and we're really packing it in because these are awesome. Verse 26, for such a high priest was also fitting to us, holy, guileless, undefiled, separated from sinners, and having become higher than the heavens, who does not have daily need, as the high priests do, to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for those of the people, for this he did once for all when he offered up himself. Done. Accomplished. He has accomplished that once for all. He has no need to again and again offer up. So we don't need to, we don't need to continue to go back to look at him on the cross. We don't need to continue to go back to look at him in the manger. He has done those things. He, he did incarnate. He did become a man. He did die on the cross. He did wash away and take away all our sins. He even forgot our sins. I mean, okay. <laughs> All right. So, so what do we do now? What do we do? We have this Christ, this wonderful high priest, our Melchizedek in the heavens, interceding for us, coming to us constantly, looking at us. He's looking at us right now. He's looking at you right now, waiting for you to look at him. It's not possible if you don't believe that he is, but if you believe that he is, we can come forward. He is ministering himself to you. He is, you know, the bread and the wine, meeting your need, supplying you with the divine life, with, with heaven itself, with, the, with God's life, with his nature, with his supply, with his satisfaction. As he said, uh, he who comes to me, he who believes into me, by no means hunger, no means ever thirst. This is his ministry to us today, right now, every day. So we don't need to try to be a success in our Christian life. We don't need to come up to a standard. Um, we don't need to strive to achieve something. Yes, we need to come. Even you take, okay, I've had a lot of experience with improper standards, like not, not trying to, uh, you know, kind of measure myself against the right standard, you know. Even if you use the right standard, which is the New Testament, you cannot meet it. Just look at the last verse in Matthew chapter 5. You shall be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Forget about it. You can't do it. How does that happen? It happens by the heavenly priesthood of our Melchizedek, ministering God to us to make us perfect as our heavenly father is perfect. This is how he saves us to the uttermost. But it requires our coming to him. And this is Matt and I, so many of us, our burden for all of you to see that we have such a high priest today that he is waiting. He is ready to feed us with living bread. He is ready to sustain us, to strengthen us. Uh, so let us come forward to him, y'all, every day, the rest of our life.
Okay, I'm done. Oh, and the last thing is, when you're, when you're supplied by God in this way, you have food for other people. Nothing else can help people. Look at the people around you. I've, I've tried to help people before, a lot of times. I just feel like, oh my goodness, tried but failed. Like that was useless. Like good intentions, no results. Like in the end, the only thing that helps people is this heavenly supply. So when we come to the Lord and we get supplied, then we have something for others that will truly help them and bring them to our high priest, Jesus. Amen.